BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to BizQuick. As always, I'm Corey. What's happening, Julie? Not much. I'm I'm looking forward to recording this episode today. I am too. We've got Robert Bell on. He is a TED speaker. He's an author. He is the um, champion of creativity, an ambassador of wellness, and a pursuer of excellence. He is all about just making people better, making entrepreneurs better, and it's going to be an interesting conversation with him. And I because w- I want to jump into. Um, I know we've talked about this before, but let's talk about it again. Being creative, being an entrepreneur, and how those two worlds kind of interact. Oh, um, <laughs> very much interaction. I, I, I'm glad that this is the topic we picked. I wanted to talk about, you know, being a champion of excellence because I feel like I, too, am a champion of excellence. But the creativity is probably a better topic. I don't think, I think the more creative you are, the more successful you're going to be as an entrepreneur because you have to creatively solve problems. You've got to creatively market yourself. Like if it's just you or, you know, like for us, it's SP Pace for it's me and you, we're going to get pretty, pretty creative about how we do some things. One, to get everything done. Two, to really serve our clients to the level that we want to. But three, to let sort of the world know that we exist and that we exist differently than most companies that do what we do. Sure. And I think that there needs to be uh, an asterisk after that creativity comment, because when people, in my mind, at least when you think creative, you think of like the hippy dippy, I'm going to go paint some stuff and whatever, like the ADD riddled left brain thinkers where like you need that creativity, but you also need some boundaries. You structure. need some, some structure, some focus, because um, we have all worked with people who are those creative types who you cannot keep in their seat. And they'll focus on one thing and then immediately jump to something else and immediately jump to something else. And it's like they there's plenty of ideas. There's a lot of good ideas going on, but there's no execution. There's no, there's no plan. There's no structure, which is critical to taking advantage of that creative mindset yeah i think it's so funny because i don't i guess what you just said reminded me of the fact that there are creative types and then there are creative people right so i you know i don't think that either one of us are creative types but i think we're both really creative Um, But I don't think that we are, so it's right-brained people are more logical. Oh, no, I got that wrong. Okay. Right-brained is creative. Right-brained, yeah. Yeah. So we think we're both left-brained, right? And and we're more, you know, business-oriented, more logical in our approach to things. Um, I would think I probably lean more right-brained than you do, but but I think you're more creative than I am in many ways. Like you are a very fast thinker and are creative. You have, you're very creative in your approach to how we market. I think I might be a more creative problem solver. 
And those are two very different things. They are, and, and I think that's important to note. And, and, and I, I think that's for everything in life, whether we're talking about business or art or politics. It's mm-hmm. a, a good mix of everything is a good way to go. You can't be just one side or the other. And, and that, like especially in business, is you need, if you're just like that boring I'm going to do the same thing day in and day out without thinking outside of the box. I mean, it might work in, in certain industries. That kind of is what you would expect. But if you want to grow your business, if you want to be successful, if you want to adapt to changing environments and all that, you have to be able to tap into like a creative side of your, you know, you have to pull in the right side of the brain to, to help out, you know, in times when you, when the left side's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, what's funny is uh, last week, uh, Tony Watley had posted on something on Facebook about how he had done this. It's basically like this crystallizer test. And it's by the author of um, Rocket Fuel and um, EOS, right? Where it's basically, are you a visionary or are you an integrator, right? And um, what's what made me think of what you just said made me think of. So I took the, I took the quiz, right? I was like, Oh, I want to see, am I, I know, am I an, a visionary or an integrator? I, I'm, I know which one I feel more comfortable in. And, um, so it's out of a hundred and I scored 88 on the integrator and 80 on the visionary. And, um, Tony kind of laughed. He was like, what did you just rank everything as a five? And I'm like, no, I had some ones in there and some twos. I don't have any, any threes. But ones and twos, but and then fours and fives, and but the results you get a video at the end where they talk through like your results and what they said on mine was that like you're good at a lot of things, but you're not great at anything. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I'm okay with that because I can sort of flex into different different things, but I'm not. I would rather be good at a lot of things I think and and know that I have the capabilities to to serve our clients and and work our business in 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 a variety of ways versus being very like you know pigeonholed into just doing one thing one way all the time yeah it's the the saying the jack of all trades master of none yeah and like I feel like I'm that way with a lot of things as well and it it kind of sounds like it's a, a slight or an insult, but it's it's not like when it comes to home improvement, for example. There's nothing in my house that I'm afraid to tackle to like fix or improve, but in no way, shape, or form am I an expert at any of them. So in that regards, like I I would much rather prefer it because I don't have to call somebody when the garbage disposal breaks. Um, I do if there's bees in the wall, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening right now. But, yes, and um, I have crickets in my house, yes. so you know you got to call in the experts. Yes, but by and large, the you know I can I can replace a garbage disposal, but I'm not a plumber, right? You know, and like when it comes to a lot of things, it's like I think a lot of people would prefer most people would prefer that when it comes to certain tasks. Obviously, if you need brain surgery, you want an expert in brain surgery. Ideally, yes, you do. <laughs> you don't I just do. want you like your general you know GP, right? You, know. you don't want a heart surgeon operating on your brain. Yeah. Although I would take a heart surgeon operating on my brain over a general practitioner operating on my brain. Right? Sure. I don't want my dentist operating on my brain. There you go. Yes. <laughs> also, I mean, you know, speaking of specialties, I would rather have a root canal performed by an endodontist than a cavity filled by a regular old dentist. I just feel like endodontists are that much smoother. They're that much better. They're they're true professionals. Sure, because I mean that's all that they do. That's all they do. Is yeah. Root canals. Yeah. yeah. But you don't want them creating a crown for you. 
Probably not. I would let him do a temp crown for me, but I wouldn't let him do an actual crown crown. Exactly. Yes, one hundred percent. But yeah, so there are there are times when an expert is warranted, and and you would prefer it. But I think there's a lot of benefit to having the ability to flex in and out of things. And I really think, you know, honestly, this is this conversation is the first time that I've thought about like not being an expert. Is that's okay? Like we're experts in small business. But we're not, you know, we, we flex in and out of a lot of different things. But like small business owners, you have to be flexible and, and you have to do a lot of different things, wear a lot of hats inside your business. Yeah. And that's where we are. You know. That's um, where we are. Yes. And you have to use creativity a lot. Yes. But we need to take a quick break because we got Robert Bell coming on. So uh, we're going to have a, like I said, quick break and we'll be right back. Hey everyone, we wanted to take a quick break to tell you all about our friends over at Podmatch. It's like a dating app, but for podcasts. This is a service we use to connect with potential guests for our show, and we connect with other hosts to be a guest on theirs. If you're an aspiring podcaster, have a podcast, or have something you want to share, head on over to podmatch.com slash sign up slash bizquick, or click on the link in the show notes to get started. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the show. We've got Robert Bell on, and we are going to talk about creativity and owning businesses. Welcome to the show, Robert. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here to talk about all things, you know, small business, creativity, and, and just to be in this space. Great. Can you, um, let's start off by just having you tell our listeners a little bit about you so they can familiarize themselves with who you are and what you do and why creativity is so important to you. Great. So I am a champion of creativity, an ambassador of wellness, and a pursuit of excellence. I introduce myself that way because I'm not just my titles, my my school degrees, or my qualifications. Um, I'm an entire being, and I show up fully in every aspect of life. Professionally, I am a qualified accountant. I run a small practice uh, that deals with accounting, business um, structuring, focused mainly on helping small business owners uh, to grow their business and to avoid the high failure rate of, you know, between year one and three, you know, the growing pains of, of business. I'm also a speaker and an author, and I'm all about helping people improve. Um, I'm a transformational speaker, not motivation. I don't believe in motivation. Uh, I believe in transformation. When we were talking on the front end, I said that there are certain industries where you probably don't want your, you don't, you don't want people to be creative. And the first thing that came to mind was accounting to me. Because I was like, you know, you talk about creative accounting and uh, there's there's some good and bad. There's some prison involved in yes, that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, so I, how does that, how do those two go together for you in terms of like accounting and creativity? Right. So you don't want your accountant to be creative in executing his technical duties, right? Uh, following the right accounting standards, following the law. But you do want your accountant to be creative in helping you figure out solutions to problems you face. For example, we're going through a pandemic, business has turned down. Uh, there's no business book that has been written about it. There's no Harvard course, at least as far as I know, on you know, how to maneuver. So you want your accountant to at least be creative in finding a solution. And it, it brings me to just demystifying what is creativity, right? Creativity can be used for good and it can also be used for bad. It's about solving a problem and coming up with a unique way to deal with it. So myself as an accountant, how I'm creative is because I try to look for the story behind the numbers. So when I work with my small business owners, um, I'm trying to find out, all right, so you're running this business. This is what your numbers say. But what's the real story behind your numbers? Why do you think your numbers are like this? Let's identify because accounting is basically a representation of habits developed from a behavior. And that, that story behind the numbers is uh, 
a, a very important part because that's something that we've talked about a lot of times. I love talking about data and people look at a certain number and say, oh, revenue's down. We need to increase marketing so we can increase our sales. Well, no, there's probably a thousand things that are that are causing your revenue to be down. It's not that you're not marketing to the right people. There's There could be, I mean, anything, um, you know, from your website, technical issues all the way. I mean, it could be marketing, but that story behind the numbers is really important when it comes to understanding um, your business. Yeah, it could also mean, um, and you know, accounting also is a, it's a, it's an art as well as a science. You know, a lot of people think it's just scientific numbering. It also depends on how revenue is, is recognized. So perhaps your lead time or your generation, your conversion cycle is a bit longer than you anticipate. So you, your revenues might be looking down, but you actually have some very strong things in pipeline that will convert to sales, but it's just a matter of timing differences. So you really have to get a good understanding of your business and your industry as to what, what if you're doing in retail, obviously when the sale is made, the sale is made, right? But maybe you're in service delivery and you realize, okay, yeah, this will convert into a sale once we just deliver on that and you have a bottleneck somewhere that you just need to close up on. And even in retail though, the... Uh when a sale is made is a sale is made, but you've got all sorts of other numbers that need to go in there and like with revenue recognition, because you've got accounts receivable that you've got to factor in and um, you know, your days payable to vendors and all of that to really figure out what like financially, like how strong you are, because a lot of people think that they see a 2% discount if they pay within 10 days. Oh, I'm going to save 2%. But if you hold on to that money for an extra 20, you know, that's going to, that's going to help you in the long run. There's a problem that I had to do in my grad school that I, uh, I, I proved it out that it made sense. I couldn't do it again today, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you're right. Cause you could be in retail and your revenue is down, but perhaps you don't have sufficient stock or the right type of stock, you know? So there's, there's, you're right. There's so many things that could go on behind that. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, in retail, it's really easy to see, sort of if there's, you know, supply chain issues or if you've got product that you're holding that isn't really selling, when you're in a more service-based business, then you need to really pay attention to what does your sales cycle look like? How long does it take you to close a deal? How long, how many contacts do you have to have with a prospect before they become, you know, an actual like qualified lead, which then becomes an actual um, ideally a client. And, and really one of the things that we have to pay really close attention to because we're small, it's just the two of us is how many outstanding proposals do we have out for clients, right? So while we would love to have all of them close at one time, the reality is if they all close at one time, we wouldn't have the capacity to serve those clients. So we have to figure out What's the best way to manage through that, right? So we put expiration dates on our proposals, not because we're planning on jacking up the prices at the end of that expiration date, but because we need to know, are you working with us or not? Because we've got other people that are in the pipeline. Absolutely. And, and do you know what? That's, that's being creative. <laughs> you're, you're connecting dots, right? It sounds very simplistic. I, I face the same challenge in my own business because running an accounting firm, um, you know, everyone is like, oh, just get X number of clients, let them pay you X amount of dollars. And, you know, here you have your revenue target. But I realize that, you know, it, it's a, there's a lot of capacity issue that goes into that. I prefer to work with less, fewer clients, but go dig deeper into them, look at strategy, look at process improvement, TTC. So it's it's looking at the story behind the numbers. What can I do to generate numbers? What can you do in your small business to generate numbers that is in match with your identity of your business and also of you as an individual? Yeah. So how, how did you um, 
realize that creativity was so important to what you were doing and is such a big part of who you are? I mean, in my industry, we can be very impersonal. Like <laughs> I just present the numbers and tell you these are the numbers and that's it. Like I can stare at you from now until, you know, the year 2050, <laughs> you know, I started to spend time interacting with people, you know, just, just being the human, you know, being humane about, you know, finding out, observing their behavior when we look at numbers, what are the blocks that they face? So I started to realize that, whoa, you know, there's, there's a lot more going on than meets the eye at the surface. And I had to just start to connect dots. I mean, I didn't learn it anywhere. Um, I just started to follow my intuition, if I could call it that. I started to follow my intuition. And when I tapped into the human side of people, you know, dealing with emotion, understanding the story behind the numbers, especially a small business owner, understanding their why. That was big for me. Why did you start this business? And what does success look like for you? Because I could be pushing the small business owners to increase revenue, but maybe that's not really a major, you know, objective for them. Yes, they need to keep the lights on. So we have to find that balance. All right, you want to do this because you really love doing this, but you need to be able to keep the lights on and this is what it is. So that's when I found out how important it is because every time I did that, the businesses grew two times, 10 times, three times. So let's jump into creativity then and, and uh, what that means to you and, and like with your book, for example, the blow the lid off, um, how, how you can help, I guess, is creativity something that can be trained? Cause there's a lot of people out there who feel like they're not creative or when they think of the word creative, they think of painting or sculpting or baking or something like that, something physical. Um, so let's, let's jump into that. How, how can somebody who isn't creative become creative or can they? All right. So if you want to become creative, obviously you have to first recognize that creativity is accessible to every single person until you, until you can get that awareness, then it's, it's not, doesn't matter how many training or workshops you go to, right? If you don't accept that reality um, that, you know, we all have creativity inside of us and it just needs to be on, on tap. So how I usually do it is figure out where did you lose the creativity? Cause we all lose it. We all have it. You take any five-year-old child, any four-year-old child, they can come up with ideas, left, right, and center. You're playing a game, they will figure out a way to, you know, to, you know, to keep the game going or come up with their own games. You know, most of us, I could say, you know, nine, nine out of 10 of us had that experience. So what happened? You know, was it when you went to school? Is it your profession? And for me, it was my profession. Because an accountant back in the day when I started, I mean, I started my career in 2001, the accountant was just sitting in the back office and buried with paper. I mean, there's no paper anymore, right? So what transitions has happened? That's how I help people to, you know, that's how you can become more creative is look at the transitions that are happening around you and realize that you're not just limited by what you study, the business that you do, and that you're a full individual. Here it is. Let me sum it up like this. I say creativity is an identity extractor. So the best way to become creative is by really looking at your identity beyond your, your, your profession, beyond your labels, beyond where you live, beyond your culture, beyond your tribe. Interesting. Identity extractor. I've never heard that before, but that makes sense. That really, that resonates with me. I, I can qualify scientifically and psychologically. A psychologist tells us in you know, forming an identity of any human being, there are three things that must happen. One is identifying one's potential in life. Two, choosing one's purpose in life. And three, finding a space and a place for you to exercise that potential. And the, I think the, tr the trouble is we live, especially in, in social media world today, that we live, we live with all of these people who are trying to be something that they're not. And so when you're trying to extract that identity or you're just 
mimicking another identity or you're ingenuine. And that, I mean, that's something that I know a lot of people um, fall for, but just as many people can see right through that this is just a load of bullshit and, you know, underneath your business or, or your personality or your Instagram posts, you are somebody completely different. And I think that's important is extracting that identity that's true to you. Cause we say that when it comes to businesses, like you want that your, your culture, your personality, your brand to be true. And, and it doesn't matter what it is. Like, as long as you're true to who you are, true to that culture, true to your brand, you're going to find a customer base that's going to identify with it. So, you know, the minute that you try and, and fake it, people will see through it. And then you've, uh, you know, identified with zero people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the flip side of the social media world is the people who are very genuine and honest in their post and their YouTube, whatever, tend to be the ones who blow up because people can I can identify with them, you know, because when you bring out that identity, you are then calling the genuine people to come to you. And in business, creativity helps brings out the identity of the business, right? And too often, small businesses just want to slap labels on their business. The same thing we do as an individual, or we are the best in our business. We have timely delivery and you put you put all kind of facades out there and the interaction with the customer is very weird. This is the best example I give people. Don't say that you're customer centric and customer focused when a customer calls you and has to go through five rings to get you or an email goes unanswered after maybe 24 hours, then you're not really customer focused, right? So you have to decide, is that really your identity? And that, exactly. And, and uh, that's something that I guess people, like you, you don't think about that, but timely delivery is a part of your identity. You know, like like being responsive to emails is a part of your identity and getting, and, and it's as mundane and as boring as it can sound, that's extremely important because, for the most part, yeah, I want to be a part of the cool brand or, you know, the, the, the most recent fad or whatever it is. But realistically, when I, when I need something, I want, I want it, you know, I want the answer. I want the product. I want the, the service. I want to know what's going on. I don't want to be kind of left in the dark, just guessing at what's going on with whatever, you know, whatever it is interacting with the business. Yeah. And that's why in my business, I decided I don't want to work with a hundred clients and I'm just being very transactional with them. I want to be relational. That's when I discovered, you know, that's how creativity applies to me. So I, I want to move away from just being transactional. Like, do your books, give your report. You can find it in the in the Dropbox. Here it is. You know, I want to be, you know, relational because from that we can unlock so much more together. I can help you with so many more things in your business and help you identify the blocks. It doesn't mean I'll solve every one of them, but I can help you figure out what is going wrong? Where is the ailment? And, and those are the two tips I always have for any business owner and anyone in life is number one is know when to ask for help. I think as a small business owners, we don't know when to ask for help. By the time we're asking for help, it's too late. And two, knowing where to go for the help. You have to have a genuine source of going for help. If you want to scale your business, you go to this person. You want to improve marketing, you go to that person. You need to have those two things sorted out very clearly. And I also think being able to read your customers is very important. For, for me, I'm a very transactional person. So like uh, we, I had this issue recently with um, a phone. I got a new phone and uh, the Verizon uh, technician, they were like trying to connect with me personally and emojis in the chat and whatever. I'm like, I don't care about that. I just want you to fix the phone. I have no yeah. emotional attachment to Verizon. Just fix the problem with my phone and I'll be happy. You know, but there's people out there who who want that. They want to be like, oh, Verizon actually cares about me. No, they don't. <laughs> they care about your payment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do. 
yeah. mean, that's not a business that you can definitely get relational about. I mean, it's a high volume business, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have to also know where you place. And that's, you see, when you don't have creative to help you solidify that identity, you're going to be masquerading in the wrong, you know, you're going to be in the wrong place because you're trying to be transactional when you should be relational. You're trying to be relational when you should be transactional. You have to be very clear as you, and I love that, um, what you said, Corey, about, you know, reading the customer. Yeah, I, I have a question. So what are some ways that um, people are reasons, not ways, what are reasons that people lose their creativity or that they aren't more creative? One of the reasons, the number one TED talk in the world is by the late Sir Ken Robinson, why schools kill creativity. Um, and formal education, definitely one of the reasons why a lot of us lose creativity, because we're very focused on finding the right answer as opposed to asking the right question. And unfortunately, particularly from a business standpoint, it's not about just finding the answer, it's about asking the question. Just going back to what Corey said is knowing your customer, because that's what brings sustainability. That's what brings longevity in business is constantly finding out what's the right question to ask. How can I better serve the customer? What does the customer want? So that's reason number one is definitely schools tend to kill because it's focused more on just finding the right answer. So we want to copy paste what it, what the you know the road to success and we want to copy paste it into our lives but what we don't understand for the road to success is that you also need to deal with some personal character building things that you need to go through when you start a business for example there are things that are going to change in you and if you think you're going to be the same person today and your business is going to grow 10x next year and you don't change that's impossible uh, number two reason why some people are just not creative is misunderstanding about what creativity is it's not just artistic and musical expression Creativity is simply connecting the dots. The late Steve Jobs says that, right? So in life, we create a lot of dots, our experiences, our, our knowledge, um, ETC, and then we connect the dots. Number three is a lack of understanding that creativity is, or thinking creativity is domain-specific. Creativity is not domain-specific. Actually, research shows us that some of the most creative people are people who have deep functional knowledge. They are knowledgeable in their area. They're experts in their area, and they just open up themselves to be able to connect the dots. Those are great examples of why people lose their creativity. I think that people frequently forget that a, or don't look at businesses as this kind of living, breathing, ever evolving thing and tend to look at it as this stagnant type structure type thing, even if it's not in a physical location. And it's really in many instances, it's an extension of the personality and belief systems and, logic and creativity of the owner and or owners yeah and and it's been a while since i've talked about adam carolla on this podcast it's probably time (laughs) you should talk about him but uh one of the things that he says which makes a a lot of sense like the greatest disservice you can do to your children is to stifle their curiosity to Mm -hmm. like get them to stop asking questions and i think the same holds true for businesses like you need to constantly ask why are we doing this um, you know, what's the purpose of this? Can we do this better? Like, like all of that. I mean, Julie and I have a <laughs> continuous improvement meeting that we do when we try to do every Thursday. Sometimes it gets derailed, but, um, <laughs> we, every... yes, we literally just spent like 30 minutes today talking about an Instagram account. Yeah. But and why, why, why are we doing it? Yeah, why are we doing and, it? And like, you know, Julie's over there, like trying to explain to me, cause I'm not the social media expert on the team. And I'm like, but why, but why? But and then I like, now that I realize that like, I probably sounded like a four-year-old. I'm like, why, why, why? (laughs) But I don't understand. I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay, clearly we need to make a change because I, you know, profoundly believe that an expert can can explain something very simply. Like if you're an expert in it, you can explain it on a simple level. 
And so I knew because of the number of questions he was asking me, like one, I'm not an expert in it. And two, we need to change something that we're doing because this isn't, it's not serving us the way that it should be, or he wouldn't have all these questions. And he was like, I'm not trying to bully you. I'm like, I don't think you are. I think like, I'm a little bit embarrassed that I can't answer the questions, but it's not about you and how you're making me feel. It's about how I'm feeling right now about the fact that I'm like, oh shit, he's right. Not well, that it, oh, you're almost always right. <laughs> but I wasn't even trying to be right. I was I know. Just like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but um, we have to start wrapping up now. We are out of time. So before we go, Robert, can you tell everybody how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, basically, to get in touch with me is through my website, www.robertabell.com. From there, you can get uh, connections to my social handles, LinkedIn, Instagram, everything. Perfect. Um, and before we roll into our outro, um, Robert, is there anything that we can do for you? Uh, great. Um, what, what you can do for me is I recently won uh, TED's Global Idea Search. I have a TED Talk out. It's like the epitome of my career. I would appreciate if you know people could just take a listen to it. It's about the emotions behind our money habits. That will help very much so people can really understand what's going on behind the numbers. Absolutely. So we're going to drop an, a link to that TED Talk in our show notes. And thank you for taking the time to join our show today. We really appreciate it, Robert. It was great having you on and talking about creativity. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. And everything you need to know about Robert and about SP Pays and BizQuick is in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, reach out to us. You can connect with us on social media. We've got LinkedIn. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and anything that you'd ever want to know about us or ways to connect with us will be on our website, sbpace.com. Yeah, and hey, go and download and rate our podcast. That's really important to us. That shows that we're on the right track with our topics and our guests. And frankly, it makes us more popular and we like being popular. Well, at least one of us does. Also subscribe and give us a review. And if there's topics you want to hear about, please reach out and let us know. You can do that directly on our website. And Corey just gave you that information. Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon. We've got a digital workbook download available on our website. And if you've already purchased it, make sure to go back to Amazon, rate and review it. Would it be weird if we rated and reviewed our own book? Probably. Okay, then let's not do that. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this is BizQuick, helping small businesses across the globe. <laughs>